Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. True confession though, guys, this is, these are my wife's Crocs. Just saying. Just saying. These are totally my wife's Crocs. And by the way, I do own my own set of Crocs. I have my own. It's just that these, these match the shirt better. And they're, they're safer because I can't kick them off at your face. Ask Isaiah about my projectile Crocs. Those are my personal ones. Funny thing about, so the, the reason we got Crocs, if you're wondering, Tommy, the reason we got Crocs originally is because in India, when Katie and I were missionaries in India, you take your, your shoes off, you take your feet off. Take your feet off before you go into anybody's house. No. You take your shoes off before you go into anybody's house, but it's like 120 degrees. So, like, wearing socks and, like, unlacing shoes and stuff, you, like, melt into a puddle while you're standing still. So, no, you don't do that. You buy Crocs. And the, the best part about uh, India is that anytime they want to do anything extreme or active, they take their shoes right off. Like, shoes come off. I don't understand that. I would be, like, lacing up my Nikes or, like, doing the pump thing, you know, getting some extra support. But, no, shoes come right off. The time that we encountered, a like, a six-foot King Cobra snake, you know, the one that, like, fans out and, you know, tries to kill you and stuff, everybody's like, come on, we got to kill this Cobra snake. And we get there, and everybody kicks their shoes off. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. That is the stupidest idea ever. You're going to give yourself even more exposed skin for this thing to latch its fangs and venom into you. I don't think so. Then they handed me like a 15-foot piece of bamboo. How mobile do you think I was with that thing? It's like walking around with this giant beam. You're like, there goes the snake. (laughs) Totally missed. It was awful. We ended up spearing it with a piece of rebar and then bashing it in the face and then running it over about 60 times with a truck. And then we took pictures with all the village people and proved that we were better than the snake. Hey, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. That's all I got to say. You will crush them under your feet. Amen? So good. Why do you all have questions? Did I eat the cobra snake? No. We, it was too smashed. Tommy, what? Okay, bye. Gabe, what? It releases what? Oh. Okay. Oh. So the active nature of their effort was going to over overheat them. Now I totally get it. Now it totally makes perfect, perfect sense. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have more to say about Crocs because that's pretty much amazing. I got a text the other day from Isaiah and Luke, <clears throat> and there was an individual who ran a half marathon in Crocs in 71 minutes. That's 13.1 miles at a 5.25-minute mile pace straight in Crocs. So all you Croc haters can shove it. That's all I want to say right now. Yes, bring them back. Hashtag bring back the Crocs. (laughs) They never left. They never left, yes. Josh has a fancy pair of Crocs he can tell you about later. They're extreme. I'm not at that level yet. He's Sensei Jedi Croc Master. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm super thankful that you guys are all here and that you're looking beautiful and wonderful. And all your fantastic costumes are just epic. 
and wonderful. What? Thanks. This is also my wife's hat. I I would be this. You are realizing how much less cool I would be if Katie was not in my life. That's what you're per, you're personally witnessing this right now. It's so true, actually, though. Oh my goodness! Holy cow, guys! I just want to say that this is my notes, and they go up and down the page and all over all over the place. So get ready for absolutely anything. I really don't know what to tell you what's about to happen here. Um, I do want to say that we're, just to recap, it's going to be really good. It's going to yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, the important por- part is that we, got, we established that Crocs are coming back, and it's a good thing. So we've got that laid down. Go have a snack. No, we're not ready for that yet. So anyway, um, we are doing what for the theme? Blank enough, right? And so we've started with, where did we start three weeks ago? Loved enough. That's a great place to start, right? It's like, this is what the Bible says, that we love God because he first loved us. It's like the entryway into the kingdom of God, the entryway into relationship with Jesus Christ is not anything that we did. What God did for us by loving us and sending his son for us to die on the cross and make a way for us to have a relationship again with, with him because we were dirty in sin, not because... It was necessarily our fault, but because that's what we were born into. He made a way for us to love him again. That's the perfect place to start. You are loved enough. So you can go ahead and say that. I am loved enough. I'm loved enough, man. I'm loved enough. That's right. And then I actually don't know what we went to next, but I know that there's two different ones. And I don't know if it was, was it satisfied next? That makes perfect sense. So you get loved by God, right? And then it's just like, how does that feel? Mmm. Ah. It's like having a spa day. Going to the spa and receiving the love of God. Just just being all spat out and just like, oh, man, Jesus is soaking me. I'm in the spa. And I'm just like, oh, it's just treatment to my body, to my being, and to my spirit. You know what I'm saying? Have you guys been to the spa? Just go there, all right? You can wear your Crocs at the spa. Be awesome. You so can. Seriously. No, but wouldn't that, doesn't that make perfect sense? That you get loved, and then you're like, mmm, that tastes great. Why? Because you were created to be loved. You were created to receive and give love. You were created to be in relationship with God and to be in relationship with people. So you get this love of God that he poured out for us, and then you're just like, mm, oh, that's so good. It's so great. And then the next week after that, you realize, man, not only am I loved, not only does it feel good and it's great, but God has actually empowered me and equipped me with this gift of love to give away. Life Center, experiencing, say it with me, experiencing the love of God and giving it away, right? It's like that's we, what we are inside of right now is like this love ocean machine and we're just like riding it going like yeah here we come we're coming at you with some love that's what this whole place is about that's what the foundation of it is that's why god did this miracle to give us a bazillion dollar building for literally 20 percent of the price because he's like yeah i want that 
I want that for people to see from the highway. Somebody in 1991 or whatever comes and says, you're going to have a, a city set on a hill that's overlooking the highways, and here we are. Take a look right there, Interstate 83. Boom. Go, everybody put your hand out towards Interstate 83 and just say, God, God. loves you. Yes, there it is. And you just crashed a wave of love down onto Interstate 83. Isn't that good that we're up here on this hill so that we can love the entire city of Harrisburg? Isn't it amazing that Harrisburg is the capital of what God had ordained beforehand to be called the Keystone State? The most important state, the, the, the keystone state of the whole nation that um, all of a sudden there's these prophetic words saying that there's going to be a revival that shoots up out of this house. Out of the youth, more specifically, the youth of this house, say, that's me. That's me, the youth of this house that would, that would blow the lid off of the youth movement in America. Man, we got to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Of the fact that we're the ones, this is perfect, Eliana, that you, Eliana, I don't know your last name, Eliana, Alavencia. Nailed it. That you, as a part of the youth of this house, are called to blow the lid off of the youth movement in America. What is the youth movement in America? Come on, what is the youth movement in America? What does it look like? It looks like entire schools knowing that they're loved by God. Looks like entire schools being satisfied, not by drugs, not by sex, not by alcohol, but by the love of the living God who said, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I'll never stop loving you because what was the line in, this, in the, the clip that we, we showed? Because that is what I am like. That even in the midst of the, what, the, what is happening at your school or in your family or your friend group or whatever, no matter what they're wrapped up in or trying to get satisfaction from, God is standing there in the midst of their fire stew saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. When I was smoking weed and getting high and getting drunk and looking for all of my own satisfaction and my own strength, God was right there in the midst of it going, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. So that when I finally hit the floor hard enough to shake myself back awake, I was able to hear him, not because all of a sudden he was speaking, but because he never stopped speaking. He never stopped speaking to me. So that's where we're getting started. That's what we've kind of done this month already, that we're loved enough, satisfied enough, and we're empowered and equipped enough. This is, this is the fourth week, and we're talking about being called and challenged enough. Okay, one of the things that right off the bat that just came up spontaneously is this whole word that Life Center, that Airborne, that you are called and have been chosen by God for such a time as this to blow the lid off of the youth movement in America. Now, what does that look like? How about we pray and find out? God, what does it look like? when you See, here's the thing. When you get called, when you get challenged, it kind of makes you, it goes like, oh, well, what does that look like? Can I do that? Can I do that? I grew up with uh, two brothers, and anybody else have brothers in here, especially guys, okay? Micah, Zach, Attack, and Isaiah, you're like, you're like my family because it's three boys. And girls, I, don't, I, just, I can't sit, speak for you, but this is probably the same true as for you. I just never had sisters, so I can't say this. But 
for me and my brothers, everything was a challenge, right? It's like I still go home. Yeah, Tyler, you know, I still go home to this day with, I'm 30 now. That happened, by the way. I graduated age groups. Yikes. I, I, Katie tells me I have gray hair. I'm praying for gray hair. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Eliana. You're the best. But everything, like, we come home for, for Thanksgiving. Everything is a challenge, right? We come home for Thanksgiving, and spontaneously things get turned into games. And so we are, like, throwing football because we're, we don't have enough people to play a full game, right? And so, like, we make up these different games. So the game that we have established and are running on for years now is the, the one-handed catch game. And so you play to seven, and you throw the football back and forth to each other, and you have to catch it with one hand. And if you touch it with the other hand or you drop it, you start over. First person to five or seven wins. Okay? <clears throat> but it gets intense, right? And so you start, like, throwing Kevin Oakley style as hard as you can at the guy's head. Because you're like, if I throw it right at his right side, it's a pretty easy catch. If I throw it right at his left side, it's a pretty easy catch. If I throw it right at his face, he might get totally confused and just eat it, you know? So you just start whipping it back and forth at each other. And then you get people, like, jumping up like this. And my older brother, like, leaves Thanksgiving, and he's just, like, bruised from here all the way up his bicep, and it's just beautiful. And, and so far, I mean, he just took back the, the, the cup, but I was the reigning champion at Thanksgiving, and we had my, 90th, my grandma's 90th birthday, and he took it back. So I've got to get up there for some more one-handed catch. I know, I gotta step up my game. And like things like, so we grew up racing dirt bikes, you know? So like that elevated the danger aspect of the fact that everything became a challenge. And uh, my younger brother, how many of you are the youngest in your family? Yes, youngest in your family. So like out of the blue, the youngest, for some reason, at least in my family, he was just like, yeah, you guys suck. I'm just gonna be better than all of you, you know? And like that's just like his mentality. He was just like, I'm gonna take over. And so he was on the crappiest dirt bike out of all of us, like the least amount of suspension, the oldest, the slowest, all of that stuff. And there was this big jump with like this giant crater in the middle of it because apparently they thought it was a good idea to, to get the dirt for the jump. They just dug a big hole in the center, you know, so that's a perfectly safe idea. And so he just like goes and nobody's hitting this jump. And all of a sudden he just hears, wow. And then you see my brother bounce. And just, I mean, he cartwheeled probably 10, 15 times. So he, he stops. Finally, he stops. And you see this happen. Ah! And he falls back down. And so we, like, get in the truck, and we start bulldozing across the track to get to him. And we get there, and his, his Damick, you know about this. His collarbone is just, like, up to his chin. Like, it is snapped clean off. And he's just there just dying in pain. But it's like, what? Like, this is, of course that's what I was going to do. Like, you suckers weren't jumping it, so I had to jump it. And so, anyway, it's just amazing that, like, challenge and, and all this stuff, it provokes you to do something. It provokes you to action. It provokes you to actually going for it, Right? Like, and, and there's this guy in the Bible, Peter, and he was just like, he was there, you know? And we, we know that this, this kind of works in this story with Peter because he was a brother, right? 
Like, so it just makes sense that he would rise to the occasion. Like, Jesus shows up, right? What's Peter doing? He's fishing. You know what that means? He's going to his brother Andrew going, how many fish did you catch? Well, I caught six. Sucker. Mine are bigger than yours, you know? And they're just, like, living in this world of challenge. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes by, and he's like, what you guys doing? Fishing. What does it look like, Jesus? Duh. And he says, why don't you follow me, and I'll show you how to be fishers of men, right? And Peter is like, well, that sounds like a challenge. That sounds like something I've never done before. And him and Andrew, I hope I'm getting the brother right, they're just like, well, let's do it. And they just drop everything, and they go after Jesus. And it's like sets this whole, like, standard of, of the way that you, like, respond to something that God is calling you into. And they're just going like, well, let's see if I can do that. I'm going to step up to the plate and give it a shot. And it's like, it's Peter, right, who they're, they're in the middle of the storm. And what happens? They're like, I love Randy Clark. He says this. He says that, like, they're on the boat, right, and they're what? They're terrified. No, no, no. When, no, in the storm. It's stormy. There's no fish around. The fish are sleeping. And so they're not fishing, but they're terrified. So Jesus, being the great guy that he is, he comes at them, and they're like, oh, great, now there's a ghost. You know, it's like they were already scared to death, and now Jesus is like, I have a great plan. I'm going to come to you, like, walking on the water, and they freak out even more. And Peter is the one who's like, if it's, if it's you, Jesus, call me to come out to you, and I'll come. And it's just so awesome that he's like this edgy guy who's just like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to be in God's will and to follow him and to, like, walk out this calling of just following following God. Then it was Peter when Jesus said, you know, who do the people say that I am? And what do they all say? Well, some people say you're John, John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah. And he says to the disciples, who do you say that I am? Right? And who's the one who, who pipes up first? Peter. Peter. You know it was Peter. And he's going, I don't know what all these other people think about you, but I say you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. You're the living God. You're the living Son of God. And so Jesus responds to that faith that Peter had with a challenge, with a call. Like, right away. It's not like, oh, great, good job, Peter, way to go. You really nailed it. Have fun. No, he's like, okay, since you know that now, let's get right on with living this gospel. And I want you to know, this is what he said. I say to you that you, Peter, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Ah, so awesome. So Peter's like, man all right, this is awesome, let's do this. And you could be thinking like, man, if I would have got, got that calling, if I would have got that challenge, I'd be doing cool stuff right now. I'd be like Todd White. I love him, exactly. I love Todd White too. Guess what he did? He responded to the challenge. He responded to the call. That's all he did. All he did was get loved, realize that he was satisfied, get empowered, 
and then actually responded to the call that God put on every single one of our lives. Guys, if, if we are going to fulfill this prophecy, if we're going to walk in to like this, this calling that God has called us with, that the youth of America would wake up and see Jesus as their king, and if we're going to see the youth of America have the understanding that Jesus died for their sins because of signs, wonders, miracles, and the outpouring of love and mercy and grace, then it's going to take us responding to the challenge of God and that, uh, that Jesus gave, just like he gave to Peter. Guess what? You've been given the keys of the kingdom. Take out your hands and do a little of this right here. I got some right here. This is how I walk through the office every day. Amelia probably hates it. You've been given the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> We've been given the keys of the kingdom. Man. One of the things that, like I said, I wanted to talk about or that Amelia, I guess, mentioned was water baptism, right? Um, just as kind of like a side note, if you guys haven't been baptized, I want to invite you to sign up at the snack bar, or I don't know where the, the slips will be, the, the um, clipboards will be. They're going to be at the snack bar for sign up for water baptism. How many of you have not been water baptized? It's totally fine if you haven't been water baptized. And if, if you've not been water baptized or if you were baptized as an infant, I would invite you again to be water baptized because when you get baptized as an infant like I was, um, it's more of like a dedication than it is a like covenant connection with your own heart saying, God, I am going to follow you and do your will and walk in your ways. Um, Jesus himself, right? Like Jesus. Go ahead and say Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, like Jesus. Yeah, like that one. Remember when... He, remember when he started doing ministry? Remember when he started actually doing miracles and signs and healing the sick and all that stuff? Right. What happened before that? He was born. Yes. He got baptized. Yo, like, Jesus got baptized. Jesus did. That's crazy. Jesus got baptized by John the Baptist, fittingly enough. And right, right when he got baptized, he came up out of the water, right? And it says that the Spirit of God came down on him like a dove. And heaven opened up and roared, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. See where it started with Jesus? He was loved enough. He was loved enough. That was where it started for Jesus. That's where it starts for us. We were loved enough. And then it was like from there, it was just like total unleash of that satisfaction and empowerment. It's really important that we don't put them in opposite order, right? Like it could be really easy to run around and praying for people and, and get like all kinds of testimonies and stuff. And then you get to heaven and like, you, have you ever read the verse where it says, the people come in to heaven and they say, but Lord, we prophesied in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We did all these miracles in your name. And he says to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Yo, that's crazy. Why do you think that is? 
Because our first calling before anything is to be loved and to love God. Okay? To be loved and to love God. If we get it out of order, it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's definitely different. It's just not right. It's like, yeah, it's totally on our own strength, and it might be just for our own sake. It's like the reason that I want to be like Todd White the most is because he is so in love with Jesus that he cannot stop loving people. He cannot stop reaching out for miracles. He cannot stop praying for the sick to get healed. He cannot stop loving the one person that God puts in front of him because he's so filled with God's love, right? Oh, man, it's so awesome. Um, so anyway, there's sign-ups over there, okay? I just want you to, to note that. There's sign-ups over there for water baptism. And um, following this life of Peter, it's like this is even what happened when Peter was, like, uh, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, right, in Acts. And he's saying to all these people that all of a sudden they come out and they start speaking in tongues and they're like, what the heck is going on? This is like one of my favorite lines that these guys are all of a sudden they're spouting off and they're going like, ah, don't listen to them. They're, they're drunk. You know, it's nine in the morning and they're wasted. And it just doesn't, doesn't it make like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, I've unfortunately had this experience where I've been intoxicated. And let me tell you, I didn't start speaking Hungarian. You know, like I didn't become brilliant all of a sudden because I consumed alcohol. And like this was their best estimate of what was happening. It's like, dad, don't listen to them. They're just drunk. Like, yeah, because everybody who's drunk just, just starts spouting off in Russian like perfectly. You know, like that just makes perfect sense. No, that's not what happened at all. God's Holy Spirit filled them. They came out and this whole, this whole pile of people gathered. It says 3,000 people. And Peter says to them, the one that you guys, the one that you guys crucified he is, this is his spirit that he sent to empower us. And now we're telling you that he was the living son of God that you crucified. And it says, it says in the Bible that they were cut to the heart and they were like pleading, what do we do? Tell us what to do. And Peter's response was repent and be baptized. Because baptism is, is like this whole thing where we get unified with God by being buried and being resurrected like he was. It's like saying that I am yours, I belong to you, you're mine, and it's actually like it says, one of the translation words is that you're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed. It's like Paul says this all the time in the Bible. It says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Oh, man. Let me tell you, when you're tempted by something, I just love getting free of temptation, going like, you know what? I'm dead. That lust stuff, that was totally attached to a different person. Now it's Christ who lives in me. And guys, it's like it is some seriously heavy artillery. It's like a 50 cal going off when you start firing back at the devil with that kind of stuff. Oh, you want to try to tempt me? Did you forget that I was already dead? Seriously, like, oh, fear, you want to try to tempt me? Did you forget that I was already died and resurrected in a new life and now it's Christ who lives in me? Anxiety, stress, worry, doubt, self-consciousness, whatever you deal with. Seriously, start fighting back by, especially if this is a reality for you, okay? Because otherwise it's just going to be like blanks. You're firing blanks. 
that's sketchy too. You get stories about people trying to cast out demons in Jesus' name who don't know Jesus. What happens? The demons beat the tar out of them. So it is actually a real thing that you do when you receive Jesus as your Savior and you are baptized into his death and are resurrected into new life in him, Christ in you. And you can start firing back at this stuff. Okay, that's why baptism is important. Uh, So, (sighs) okay, last thing. Um, so we're called and we're challenged in all these crazy ways. I made like a short list here. Actually, it's a pretty gnarly list. But it's going to be short to say because it's just fast. Okay, you're called to be partakers of the divine nature of God. That's a big one. That's a whopper. Yeah, that is a whoppy. You're called, that means, okay, you're called to the divine nature of God. You're called to actually be the representative of Christ on the earth. That's a whopper. You're, ca- you're called to take every thought captive. Oh, snap. You're, you're called to take every thought captive. Every thought. You're called to be devoted to one another in love, to honor one another. To be strengthened in the inner man by the power of his Holy Spirit. To be filled, not with wine, but be overflowing with the Spirit of God. Not to be bound up in fear, but to be loved. To be loved, to be loved, to be loved, so that fear would be driven out of you. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're called. You're called to live this in this world like God was here. Right? What does it say about God? That he is love, right? What does it say about love? That it hopes all things and believes all things. We're called to be a people of hope. We're called to be a people of love. We're called to draw near to God so that he'll draw near to us. We're called, this is one of my favorites lately. Trenton, you are called to undo the evil that others have done. You're called to undo the evil that others have done. That's why you see people that are doing these projects like AK-47 Project where they're going in and they're rescuing childhood soldiers. Like into northern Africa where kids at 10 and 11 and 13 years old go to witch doctors and they put spells on them so that when they go into battle that bullets just bounce off of them because they're so infested with demons that they are totally like under their power, and then they shoot people and kill them under this demonic oppression. How do I know? Because my friend from high school, Andrew Waugh, grew up in Libya and had witch doctors put spells on him, and he would run into battle, and they'd shoot him, and the bullets would do nothing to him. Is that cool? No. You know why? Because his soul was being infested with darkness. Good. Guess what? Guess what? The light shone in the darkness, and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. It also means that the darkness couldn't be overcome by the light. The light was way too strong for the freaking darkness. That's why there's people going out there with in the middle of the battlefield going, you know what, this is not where you belong, and they're able to overcome the spells of the witch doctors. They're able to overcome with light the darkness that controlled them and the darkness that was inside them that for a person little as Isaiah who would, could have an AK-47 and shoot somebody, they can say, 
say, light of God come in, love of God come in, and they can become a changed and renewed person. Can you imagine how rough it would be to be 12 years old, 11 years old, and handed a gun and be told to go kill people? Well, guess what? The light is overcoming the darkness there. This is the people that go into the red light district, and there's childhood prostitution where 7, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old girls are being like tied up to beds and be sold to have their bodies just be treated as a, a, a sexual object, not even a human. You are just an object of sexuality and pleasure for some man who needs to know God. And we're called to undo that darkness. Why? Because you've been given a light bright enough to do it. You've been given a light bright enough to do it. This is where everything changes. It's where you step up to the plate and you say, you know what? I'm loved enough. I'm satisfied enough in God. I'm empowered enough because his Holy Spirit dwells within me. So now I'm going to actually go out and do it. And I'm not telling you to go home and pack your bags and head to Thailand to save a sex slave child or whatever today. But how about the girl that sits next to you in class and doesn't think a single good thought about herself? Is she in slavery? I say she is. She is totally in slavery. Enslaved to fear. We talked about this before, that we've been given a new spirit, not enslaved again, to the spirit of fear, but given the spirit of adoption, knowing that we're called children of God. Oh, guys, this is so exciting because it's actually up. It's actually possible because he's in us. Oh, we're called to redeem the time. We're called to desire spiritual gifts. Go to Dallas's class. You'll get one. Prophecy 101. That's a spiritual gift. Go ahead. Go get some of that. Oh. We're called to be generous. We're called to tithe. We're called to be discerners, to know what's happening, to be, to be invited to a party by a friend and feel that thing in your gut that says, no, 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 that ain't going to be good, and go, I'm going to listen to that. That's the Holy Spirit. You're called to that. Oh. You're called to go into all the, all the world, into the nations, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to declare liberty to the, to the captives. And all of this stuff, guys, is wrapped up, right, in just two things. Jesus said this. All of these things are hanging on just two things. To stay in love with God. And to love the people that are around you. If you get so overwhelmed by all of the intricacies and all of the, all of the specifics of all this stuff, you can just revert back to that. Okay, am I in love? Am I in love with God? Yes. Okay, am I loving the people around me? Yes. All right, good. I'm on the right track. And then you can go into the specifics and you can get your own passion and your own vision for how you're going to undo the evil that somebody's done. And you can go back into the specifics and say, I am going to honor this person because that's what I'm called to do. All right, stand up. Jesus. 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 Oh, man. Thank you, God. 
Come on. Do you want to answer the challenge? Do you want to answer the call? Come on. I'm so pumped that you want to answer the call. Seriously. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Well, just put your hands out in front of you. I'm just going to invite God to come. Because, look, there's general things that obviously we're all called to do. And if you're like me, you haven't been doing them all. And so, remember when we learned that repent is the best word that we can best thing that we can do as Christians and it's not a scary thing I say we just repent tonight and if you remember it's just a turning back it's just a turning back to walking the right direction with God to being on the right road with God So, God, I pray you'd come right now. Holy Spirit, come. Convict our hearts because it's good for us. I thank you that it's whom you love that you correct, and it's whom you love that you challenge. So, God, I ask that you'd come, and you would, you would totally point out things in our heart places where we've been just slacking and letting our calling kind of just drift away, letting these challenges that you've given us to be the light of the world, to overcome the darkness, these challenges you've given us to look like you, act like you, talk like you, that we would, we would just not turn a blind eye to them, God, but we would look straight at them, and it would get us on our feet and moving again. It would get us on our feet and moving again. So let's just do it. Let's say it out loud. Say, God, I repent for not walking worthy of the calling that you called me with. And God, I thank you that you are going to give me plenty of opportunity to love you, to love the people around me, and to be a light in this world. God, I pray, I'm going to pray for you guys and pray for us all. God, I pray that we would all just keep the first thing first, that we would stay in love with you, and that would be the thing that satisfies us. And God, I pray for each one of us in this room, that we would be so empowered, so equipped, so satisfied by your love and by your Holy Spirit that's poured out in each one of our hearts, that God, we couldn't even help it but to follow you when we're at school or to follow you when we're at home. 
follow you when we're at our, our practice or at our game or whatever, God, we would walk out this life and this calling. Thank you, God. Come on. Come on. All right. Look at somebody. Say, you are loved enough. Say, you are satisfied enough. Say, you are empowered enough. Say, you are called enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.